Thanks for listening to Faith in the Fast Life. I'm Nick Orda. I'm your host. On this show, we look to break down the stereotypes of what the Christian looks like to the world by receiving testimony of action sports athletes and other athletes and just individuals across the world. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and fastlifeministries.com to give. Hope you enjoy this episode. So, man, welcome. It's uh, Thank you. so good to see you. So you, you were a California kid as well, right? Yep, that's me. Awesome. What part of California are you in? I'm in Long Beach. Long Beach. I used to yeah. listen to the Long Beach Dub All-Stars. It wasn't very Christian-like. <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, so welcome to the show. If uh, you haven't followed us, checked us out. You know, Fast Life Ministries has been a ministry I created to basically try to get into the action sports world that I grew up in and um, break down stereotypes of what the world thinks a Christian looks like because um, mm-hmm. we're, we're many different things. So we just want to thank you for being on the Faith in the Fast Life podcast today and Absolutely. really just want to dive in and, and learn more about you and what the Holy Spirit has done in your life. I know you are one of the, if not the top, um, one of the, I'll say the top five at least, um, mm-hmm. scooter professionals in the world. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as a... 2019 we didn't have world championships in 2020 due to covid but since uh, the last world champs i've been ranked fifth in the world fifth in the world and that's uh that's pretty good accolades how old are you i'm 20 20 years old number five in the world and yeah. if there would have been a 2020 i think he would have been number one <laughs> So, uh, so tell us that we know that you're spirit led and that you're a, a good uh, follower of the Lord. I know Jarrett Brantley uh, speaks really highly. I mean, he's a good friend of mine. Just says that the spirit is with you and and uh, you're doing big things. You know, in competing in scooter, let's get a little bit of history on on your scooter career and just scooters in general. Like I know, you know, I'm a 40 year old man, and when I think of a scooter, I go back to a scooter I had as a kid. Had a wide platform. Had like probably 10 inch tires that filled up with air. Um, and we used to have some pretty good fun on them. And ultimately I ended up on the BMX bike a lot more than that. Um, roller blades came along and, uh, I was a hockey player. So roller blades were, you know, those went hand in hand and we did some cool things on roller blades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the skateboarders would call it fruit booting. Um, yep. that'll, that'll go, uh, that'll go good with a few of them. And now all of a sudden I look at these scooters, which both of my daughters have had them. Um, and I look at this metal thing with rollerblade wheels and I got to tell you, Cody, when I see the falls, when I see the wrecks on scooters, ben, Ben's here in the studio with me. And so I, I look at him once in a while, Ben, if you haven't seen these wrecks, there is nothing nice about a scooter fall. Like I'm not even kidding you. Like there is no, you go from this little tiny front wheel straight to your face on the, on the asphalt, like instantly, like there's no cushion like at least with the bmx bike it's like it's like it slows you down a little bit like scooters just boom (laughs) straight to your face so Mm -hmm. tell us about the history of these scooters like they uh you know coming on the scene like now you big sports i mean i've seen you do some incredible stuff i I mean the amount of times you spin the thing in a circle is just it's (laughs) it's incredible like tell us about it tell us about the history of scootering how long have you been doing it how long has it been around what what what, should, what do we need to know about about the professional world of uh, scootering? 
Sure. So I started riding when I was about 10 and I'm going to be 21 here uh, in about a month. So about 11 years now. Um, and when I started, there was probably only two generations worth of professional athletes. So when I turned 14, um, by that time, I had already been like competing um, at amateur level competitions. And in 2014, I entered my first uh, professional level competition. I got sponsored that year and I went to Worlds in the same year. Um, and so that kind of like put me up as third generation pro. So it's a really young sport in comparison to something like skating or BMX. Um, but as a result of my uh, being gifted the opportunity to go to World Champs in 2014, which is in the UK, I was able to kind of like establish myself and my name within the industry since then and be able to like travel internationally for more competitions, which has been really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's international. It's, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. there's a world of it normally when we're not living in a COVID day and age. Yeah. Um, you've been doing it for basically 10 years now. Was that a, I mean, yep. was it a, was it a quick rise to the top? I mean, is there, you know, we just got done, uh, you know, having Beaver Fleming on the show and he talked about going to Woodward and different things like that yeah. in high school. Is that, I mean, was there steps like that that you had to take as well to want to get to the top of scootering or is it more, we know that you're, you're, you have a huge YouTube following, like in a big YouTube page, um, you younger guys figuring out all that stuff is like incredible to me. Um, I have a hard time sitting here on a, on a microphone with a camera in my face and, yeah. and you guys got all that figured out, but is it, was it kind of the same steps? Like, did you have to take those same steps to train or did like the YouTube thing, like help you get to that level? Like, tell me more. So when I began riding, I had no real plans for competing for being a pro or anything like that. I just knew I enjoyed this sport because it was a common interest that my friends and I had. Um, and I just rode probably, uh, at local skate parks, uh, probably until I was like 11 or so. Um, but by the time I turned 12, I was able to compete at like lower level amateur, uh, like competitions by that time, most of my scooter homies had already like fallen off. Um, and so I was just kind of fiending off of all of the content, um, that a lot of the Aussie riders, um, and kind of like OG riders now, uh, were making on YouTube back then. Um, and so I learned a lot from just analyzing how pros would ride and carry themselves on this, their scooter um, at that time. And then by the time I turned 13 and 14, you know, going into that, I was able to go to skate parks that were a bit farther. I never had uh, money to go to Woodward. That was always kind of like the dream, but it was, it was a bit expensive. I didn't think I got to go to Woodward until I was um, technically professional, um, like just on the rise, you know? Yeah. Um, but as a result of that, my level of riding was able to increase like exponentially. Um, and because of that, like I, I've been able to, uh, hone my skill a little bit better than just being able to ride like local skate parks because going here at local skate parks, it's not always like the greatest thing in the world since ramps are a bit small. So it's a real blessing to like go to some action sports facility built for that. Absolutely. So, so Tell us a bit more about you and your upbringing. I know we started at, uh, you know, scootering at 10 yep. and you've, you followed a lot of YouTube, but what about okay. Cody before that? What about your upbringing? You know, we, we know you're a man of God now and, and we'll say you're still growing up because to me it just seems so young and I feel so old <laughs> right now. Um, 
But with that, like, did you grow up in the church? Like, tell us, like, tell us about when you found Jesus and, and, and took him as your savior. Absolutely. So I was raised in a Christian house um, pretty much my whole life. And my parents were never strict about it, but they always um, gave me God's word, um, allowed me to go through it on my own and said, okay, now go and make your decisions, you know? Yeah. And we had that kind of as our, or me and my siblings kind of had that as our, you know, guide for life. And, you know, you made a mistake, you had to live with the consequences. That's how life works. Um, and that was my upbringing like up until i was like 12 13 14 but really when i began traveling for scootering i started to realize um how important my relationship with the lord was and kind of the reality of uh god's hand god's providential hand in my life because to be honest with you i've never been number one i've never seen myself as like better than other scooter athletes out there there's always been more people um on a scooter that have just been like better than me. Like that's simply like the, the best way that I can put it. I've never been number one. And as a result of that, I like kind of, kind of looked at my life and said like, man, Lord, why have you chosen me to like go on these trips to like Australia, Europe, Canada, like literally like all over the place uh, to go and do what I enjoy and really love doing. Um, and as a result of that extreme, like hand of God's grace in my life, uh, probably when I was around 16, 17, I, I began to like hone my relationship with the Lord a bit more seriously and take it more seriously because it was just out of gratitude, really like, man, Lord, like you're so good to me. I am so undeserving and I want to get to know you more. You know, I want to continue to do life with you. Right. That's awesome. So did you guys like attend church when you were younger? Like, I'm always curious about this because we, we talk about a lot on almost every one of these podcasts. We talk about one of the principles of fast life ministries is relationship, not religion. Mm -hmm. um, you know, cause man can take religion and they take God's word and, and we can, we can mix things up a little bit. We're all sinners. We all fall short and mm -hmm. therefore we can mess things up a little bit when we, when we humanize things. Right. So I'm always curious because you, you kind of talk about, they always gave you the principles and they say, here it is, you know, take it for what it is. So it wasn't like they were forcing it down your throat. They weren't saying like, this is the only way to live and you can't do this, but they're saying, Hey, here's the good word. And you, and I, I like that principle. Like it made me think of my, my daughters and my son and, and think about, you know, kind of what we're doing right now so i think i look at this good kid sitting here and i go man maybe i'm doing the right thing it feels <laughs> good but tell me more so like did you guys attend church and didn't and you talk about siblings how many siblings do you have let's what's yeah so we grew up uh attending church um we bounced around when i was around uh i think nine and ten looking for different churches and and as a result of that you know i was able to get rooted into uh the church that i go to now uh some years later, which has been a really cool community for me. Um, and yeah, I have siblings right now. I have uh, one brother, two older si uh, sisters. Two of them are moved out. Uh, one of them still lives at home uh, with the parents. So it's been cool, you know, ha having a, uh, to look at my older sibling siblings' lives as examples of what to do or what not to do, you <laughs> know, as you're going through life. <laughs> Well, and I, I feel that I have an older brother and, uh, mm -hmm. he is, uh, he's, he's, he's not perfect, but he definitely was better than me. 
So, <laughs> uh, and and if you you got my story at all, Cody, like I've 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 come through alcoholism and addiction yeah. and and uh, from the bottom to the top and and bounced yeah. in and out several times, and, and now God has us on this path. So I I just love capturing this action sports action world sports. and and just getting this stuff together just just getting your story i love i love to get every bit of it so we're so happy that you're willing to share it so as we go in we, we see you grew up in church and you've um have that basis and and kind of knowing right from wrong have you ever have you ever strayed like we know you're getting closer to the lord at about 16 but have you strayed from the lord like the temptation as you come into this professional realm and and competing on this big scale and 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 going to australia we know that Many times, as you get out further and further and deeper and deeper into that world, how do you how do you carry that faith with you? How do you stay strong with that and not fall into the temptation? Yeah, I mean, to say that I've never fallen into temptation wouldn't be true because we're all humans, we're all sinners. Um, and for me, my personality has always been uh, I've always been very like introverted. I love doing things on my own. I I recharge when I'm alone. Um, I, I feel like I focus best when I'm like away from people. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of these trips that I went on, although I'd been given opportunities to go and travel with scooter homies, I just felt like it made more sense to like myself and my ability to focus on the competition that I was going to ride at to go and do these things on my own, which is a blessing that I was given the opportunity to do that, but also uh, it was a burden because you, you don't really have any accountability when you're in those places. And when you're in, you know, at, you know, certain countries for a week or two weeks at a time for a competition, because you have a lot of time to think. Um, and as a result of that, I definitely have had my doubts with, um, you know, lust of the flesh, pornography, stuff like that. Um, on these types of trips. I mean, it's real stuff, absolutely real stuff. Um, and when you're alone and when you don't have real like people around you that you can talk to and that you can vent with, that you can, uh, you know, bring kind of Christ back into the picture of your life with, um, it's a real challenge. Um, and I've come to realize that, you know, over time, like, man, life is about community, regardless of whatever you're your, you know, attitude or personality is, you need to have a solid community around you, a solid a group of believers that you can, you don't even have to meet, you know, once a week and say, oh, this is all the things that I did wrong. But it, it just having that body around you that says, you know, we're all living for the same purpose. And we want to continue picking each other back up when we do fail or keep each other from failing. Yeah, having a support system around you, and I, I love again as as God continues to open up different doors with this podcast. This has got to be the third podcast in a row, pretty close that we have had something come up regarding pornography, mm-hmm. and I feel that God has continued to put it. We just talked about it with Beaver Fleming uh, last week. Like it, it just, it's just amazing to me that it keeps coming up. So, like for all of our listeners who continue to listen here. You know, pay attention. God is telling us something right now about pornography and what's going on in this world with pornography. And it is a huge sin. And so many of us are making a mistake with it. You know, I struggled with it for years. You know, it even took me after overcoming the cocaine addiction 
it was after that that I overcame the pornography addiction that started from the cocaine but led on, and I, I didn't think it was a problem at first until I really personally got close to God and found my relationship, became saved, and then realized of how big of a deal that is. And for for our younger crowd out there and for those who, um, you know, listening, when we had Jim Tanner, he speaks a lot about the imprint that's made on your on your brain, and we talked about the fact of, of uh, virginity, and that's the one gift that God gives you that he also gives you control of, of when you release it. Um, we just heard that Beaver just got engaged, and congratulations to him. Um, and we don't know where you are with that yet, Cody, but the thing about that is is that God made sex, and he made it amazing. He made it incredible for us, but he designed it to be with the woman that you marry. And the reason for that, Jim got into it bigger, is but that's the person that you're designed. Like you, you become one flesh. When you get married, you become one flesh. And you can't be one flesh if you're watching pornography and you're doing all these other things. How can you truly admire and respect and and love your wife if you're not loving yourself? And and Beaver talked about it a little bit, but we're really sinning against ourselves when we're doing that. Right? Like so we need to deny that fleshly desire and we need to look into the Lord. And like we say that, you know, it's, it's men are wired to when they see a pretty woman say, you know, you notice, but turn to, to God and say, God, you do great work. Mm-hmm. Like you were an amazing God and make it about God instead of about the pretty woman and move on. So sorry for a little rant there. I just, I just caught it again. I just, God keeps bringing pornography into the circle and into this podcast. And I just think we have to keep driving it home for our listeners that mm-hmm. it's real. It's okay that you're sinning. It's okay to be broken. Um, mm-hmm. But help is there. Help exists. And the help is in the Bible it's in community like you talked about. It's about having that support group around us. So tell us more about your support group as you go through this professional scooter life. And uh, I know you mentioned the scooter homies and doing things with those guys. Yeah. But is that your circle? I mean, is there other Christian, is there other believers out in that circle? Or is it more of a core group from back home that you kind of rely on? Tell, tell us more about that. Yeah, as far as like scooter homies go, I've never uh, had anybody that I can relate to spiritually, uh, with the exception of uh, one of my homies, uh, Chris Ferris, who lives up north. Um, uh, he's a solid person, but you know we have, we've all got our things. And um, but as as a result of that, you know, I've always kind of just been like when I was younger, my life was consumed with scootering, and as because of that, my life. Was always, I was always around these non-believers, um, and that affected me. And over time, I started to realize that. So my support group now is like just mainly my friends back home. And COVID was kind of a blessing because normally during the summers, I'm traveling uh, for competitions and whatnot. Um, but since I was like forced to be home because you can't leave the country, uh, you know, I was here creating a stronger group of friends, which is a, you know, something that the Lord has blessed me with. And he's shown me uh, the value of over the years, which has been really cool. That's awesome. So having a support group and, and just uh, being with solid people, keeping you walking that line, keeping yeah. you full of the faith. Um, we've talked about you strain. I, I find that one of the things that as I, as I researched a little bit more and yet find that you, do you still ride for lucky scooters? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so I find it funny that you ride for lucky scooters, but you don't need luck when you have the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> right? 
I mean, it's it, true. It, I always have said I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Um, one of the other things I, I find you doing, it, you, you mentioned in some of your stuff online about speaking into younger generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're heavily involved with Camp Royal. I know you make an appearance out there um, as often as you can. And we've had, you know, both Brandon and Jared on the show and just uh, think they're doing a great thing with that. Tell us more about what you want the younger generations to know. Like, what do you want to speak into their lives? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to be honest with you, it's just the gospel message. We're all broken. We all need a savior. Uh, and we all have something to live for. I've come to find that doing the same thing over and over for so many years, uh, regardless of what it is and what level uh, you are at in it. Like for me, I was at a very high level in scootering. Um, but regardless of that, after a while, things start to feel purposeless. Um, and when you start making things about yourself, it kind of feels like everything is meaningless. Um, and I've gone through my bouts of that and just like, man, what's the point? Why am I even doing what I do? Um, and when I come and bring that back to, oh, my purpose is to glorify the Lord, to live for something that's so much bigger than myself. It's not to just satisfy, you know, the desires of my flesh, but it's to honor and serve the Lord because he's gifted me uh, with so many, um, you know, talents, treasures, resources, time, and I want to honor him with that. And I've come to find that, you know, a lot of people have those same, you know, uh, thoughts in life, like, man, dude, what's the point of living? Like, why do I have to, or why should I strive for greatness? Or why should I strive to be the best at whatever it is I'm doing? And in, in a lot of times when we come and um, uh, make that purpose based on like our own desires and our, our own flesh, it can't be sustained. But I've come to find like the only sustainable, uh, you know, source for our purpose comes from Jesus. Yep, he is the, the Christ lives in us, right? When we when we give yeah. ourselves to Him, He becomes part of us, and then that becomes part of the purpose to live, um, yeah. and and live out His plan for our lives, right? And I think. You, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about, you know, our own fleshly desires and, and living for our own flesh. And it's become a huge, you know, dare I say the word pandemic like we're in right now, but you know, the youth and suicide and all these different things. And those are the numbers they're not talking about right now is, is how much of a, of a fuss this has caused. So as you're out there leading these younger groups and just helping them find purpose in their lives, tell us more about like when a kid comes to you, that's, um, maybe getting into scootering and they're, they're just beginning, you know, that, that learning curve, right. I've, I've grown up in wakeboarding and, and wake surfing mm-hmm. and doing all those things. And, um, as we teach clinics years ago, I always find it funny that maybe it's not funny, but you know, these kids are learning and they're, they're almost embarrassed, right? It's like, you're in a boat full of people and everybody's watching you on the end of the line. Yeah. And it's, um, it can be intimidating for sure. And I always would try to remind them that everybody in the boat has been at the level that you were at some point in time. Everybody had to start somewhere. So what, what's your yeah. message to the kids that are riding the scooters and they want to get to that next level, you know, and maybe they're getting frustrated. They can't hit that trick. They can't do that certain thing. What do you want to tell those kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if you're passionate about what you do, nobody's opinion of, who you are or how you ride or what you look like should matter. And, you know, if, if you can't see yourself as being that passionate about it, 
that's fine. You know, that, that's not a crime, but I just remember for me when I was that young, um, that was all that I could think about was landing the trick. And it was just being uh, determined uh, and uh, focused on what my craft is and not what other people were saying, because other people's opinions of you are fleeting. You know, they, they don't mean anything and they shouldn't define you. Um, they should make you stronger. Uh, you know, you can utilize it in that way, but when it comes down to it, it, it just has to do with you and your craft. Right. We've always used to say it. it it's none of my business what anybody else thinks of me. Yeah. If you, you can take that one to heart. It only matters what God thinks of me. And if yeah. you're, if you're making the right moves there, um, tell us about, so as, as you compete and you do these things, um, you pray before competition. Have you experienced anything of having the Holy Spirit with you while competing, taking you to that next level versus maybe you're down in the dumps, you're not as close to the Lord? Have you, have you seen a difference in that? I think uh, one of the main um, experiences in my life as far as prayer goes was before Action Space 2019 or 2018. Uh, I, I was talking to the Lord about what he wanted, kind of like my purpose to be, for this new competition that I was entering into. And at, at the time it was in the UK and I had a filmer with me and I felt like the Lord had said, Cody, I want you to not focus so much about the competition and being number one, but I want you to make an awesome video. Uh, and it was really awesome. Cause it's like practical, like, you know, word from the Lord. I was like, what? Okay, cool. So, you know, that's kind of what I do anyway, cause I've done YouTube. Um, and so I focused on that. We created a video. Um, and I ended up making, uh, this three minute video called being a Christian athlete. And it showcased what I do and why I do what I do. Um, and as a result of that video, the Lord gave me the opportunity to go and speak, uh, at like three or four different schools within like a week of that trip with that video as like your, my attention getter, um, uh, which was like really cool to see because it was just like the Lord's providential hand manifested in my life. And it wasn't like God saying like, all right, Cody, I want you to go and be number one. It was like, no, Cody, I just want you to go and do what you're good at. Do what I've gifted you in. Yeah. And what I found is so cool with scootering and with anything, um, is seeing how the Lord gives us all passions, um, that he wants us to pursue because when it comes down to it, the Lord cares a lot less about what you do and a lot more about why you do it. And yeah. I think that was kind of like, uh, you know, the Lord saying to me, like, Cody, like, go and ride your skater, go and do this thing that you're good at and you're passionate about, uh, but do it for the right reasons. Do it for my glory, not yours. Mm, that's so, that, such a big thing there is, is taking that, that uh, putting him first, right? Being second, yeah. living, living a second life, life. Uh, <laughs> That's incredible, Cody. It's it's been a it's been an an honor and a privilege to have you on here with us this morning. If you know if we had a, any closing statements, like what what do you want to tell the world? You know, what what do you want to tell anybody who may be a believer, a non-believer who's listening to this podcast right now? What do you want them to know about relationship with Christ? I would say that you are loved, regardless of where you are right now and where you've been. Uh, and what your vocation or your passions are. The Lord loves you. Jesus loves you. Uh, you have a savior and you always have a way out. So uh, I would just leave you with that. That's incredible. Cody, we, we thank you so much for your time. It's a 
We're going to end near to the time here. I want to close in prayer with you and for all of our yeah. listeners. So, Lord God, if 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 uh, you just be here with us, Lord, we know that you're present in this podcast. You're present in the radios and the earphones and every listener. We just pray that the Holy Spirit can reach each one of them through this and that you will continue to bless Cody and bless this ministry, Lord God. We just pray that we can reach many, many people with your word, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. And Cody, we thank you so much. As always, I'd, I'd like you to tell the listeners how can they get a hold of you? What's your YouTube channel? Where can they reach you? Instagram, Facebook, all those things. What do you have for them on that? Totally. My main two social media platforms that I'm on are YouTube and Instagram, and they're both the same. It's just Cody Flom. So C-O-D-Y-F-L-O-M. M is in Mary. Perfect. And as always, everybody, fastlifeministries.com to give, uh, help support this ministry and this podcast and get us moving forward. And uh, all the Instagram, social medias, and YouTubes, we may not, may not be as big as Cody, but we're getting there. We are growing fast. And we just thank everybody for listening. Cody, we thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for Appreciate having me. Appreciate you.